Hello and welcome. It's just so good to be with you and thank you for joining us today. We're continuing our theme of disciple and uh, particularly today we're taking up the theme of I disciple, looking at being a disciple in the 21st century. Do you know, we live in an I world. We've become used to things like the iPlayer, uh, iPhone. It's a digital age with uh, instant response almost, an instant response to our answers and our searches and in and, and life. And Jesus calls you and I to I-discipleship, discipleship in the 21st century. And I want to suggest that there are four I's in that discipleship journey today. It's invitation, imitation, instruction and incarnation. And uh, before we explore those four eyes, let's just read together Jesus' first calling of his first disciples. In Mark chapter 1, verses six to, uh, 16 to 17, reading from the NIV. And it reads like this, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of people. Come follow me. That's what Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of people. You know, discipleship, I discipleship is not instant. It's not a quick download. It's uh, not a quick video search, and then we'll gain our information that we need. Uh, it's not a, even a Google search, the great God Google, where we find out everything that we need to know. It's not instant but it's an invitation. It's an invitation to a beautiful relationship with the very Son of God himself, the Saviour of the world. Not instant, but an amazing invitation. And uh, that, so that brings us on to our first I, invitation. Jesus says, come, follow me. You know, he chooses you. God chooses you. God chooses me. It's not that I've chosen him or you can choose him but it's his initiative, it's at his instigation. Uh, he knows you by name, he knows me by name, he knows the hairs on our head, he knows your thumbprint, your uniqueness. But isn't it amazing and wonderful to know that it's by choice, God chooses us. And, but at the same time, we have a choice to respond to him. He says, come follow, and then I can choose to follow or not. Those early disciples left their nets and followed him. They chose to follow him after he chose them. You know, there comes a moment in your life and my life uh, where I have this choice, where he comes and calls me and I can choose to follow him. There, there's that moment, I know uh, at 20 years of age, uh, as an electronics um, apprentice, I had this choice. There was a moment in my life where I was given a choice to follow or not. It came my, my way. And there is that moment in life where we can choose. He will choose us and we can choose to follow him. But there are also then daily moments after that, whereby we, each day we can choose to keep uh, in step with him, with him, knowing him and being with him. There are those daily moments as well. You know, today there is a challenge for your life and to your life and uh, my life. Because so much of today, there's so much to crowd out the choice. There are so many choices and that choice to choose to follow Jesus and to choose to follow his call as he calls me, there's so much to crowd that out. You know, we do have this thing, it's called choice. 
We've, th that's the beauty of life. You've got this great choice to all sorts of things, pastimes, jobs, opportunity, products, whatever it might be. And we're caught as, but it, life is so full of so much choice that we just don't know sometimes where to turn. I don't know about you, but I, I always go for a flat white when I go for a coffee. There's so much choice for coffee, I stick to what I know. I go for the flat white. You know, after 33 years of uh, married life, Helen and I, you know, on periodically have cleared out the loft or the garage. And after 33 years of married life, there's a lot of stuff that we've got. We clear it out, it looks great, we feel so good about it, and then we go and fill it back up again. There's so much stuff in life, isn't there? And um, I'm not saying that we get rid of everything, that we, we cleared our garage, we got rid of, you know, quite a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm not saying we get rid of everything, but it's all about priority. You know, in the choices of life, where are our priorities in life? And uh, there's this invitation to come. There's a lot of choice we can choose. There's so much stuff coming our way in our choices. You know, if we can prioritise the person of Jesus, you'll know the sweet presence of Jesus. It's down to priority. And this invitation to come, we have this opportunity to choose to follow. And it's really down to what do we prioritise? Not what do we prioritise, but who do we prioritise in our lives? And Jesus calls us as an invitation to come and follow him. That leads us on to the second eye, which is imitation. Jesus says, come, follow me. That's the second part. You know, to, the idea to follow me means he's literally saying this. Be with me. Copy me. That's what Jesus is saying to you and I regarding him. Be with me, copy me, follow me. He's the son of God and he's the only one who could say that because he's perfect in every way. I, I, I couldn't say follow me because I'm just not perfect or follow so-and-so or follow this because no one is, is perfect. But he could say, and he's the only one that could say, follow me, be like me, be with me, imitate me because he's perfect in every single way. You know, imitating the imitation of Jesus leads to a good life and also it does good in my life. Imitating, being with, following, looking to imitate him leads to an amazing life and also we do good in our lives. You know, in, in the life of our church, we, and, and perhaps whatever denomination or whatever group you come from, but we sing a song, uh, you're a good, good father. And the refrain in the chorus is, you are perfect in all of your ways. God is perfect. Jesus is perfect. So wherefore we cause us to follow him, to imitate him. It's good. It will lead to the best life. So to follow him, that's to imitate him. We, we need to fix um, our eyes on him. If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to fix our eyes upon him, to look at him, to, to, to see him, to be with him. And that doesn't come, and I've said on many an occasion, uh, as a, a glance, it's a gaze. You know, the odd minute, the odd here, the odd hour, you know, it, it, it comes as a gaze. It's our focus of life, is to live for him, to honour him, to be with him and to follow him. I love what it says in Psalm 46.10. Uh, the NIV says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The message paraphrase puts it like this and it does it in a very beautiful way i've quoted this many times but it's quite amazing it says step out of the traffic 
and this is the bit I love, take a long loving look at me, your most high God, above politics and everything. Step out of the traffic, all of the stuff, make it a priority, come and spend time, fix your eyes on me. Then he goes on to say, take a long loving look. Isn't that amazing? We're called to imitate Jesus, to be with him and to imitate him so that we might become like him. Uh, that leads us on to the third, as we uh, follow his invitation, begin to fix our eyes and to follow him and to, to, imi to imitate him, it's to lay hold of instruction, to learn from him. Jesus says, come, follow me. And as we follow him, we need to then learn from him. You know, there's a personal and a public aspect to that learning. Personal, you know, I was saying, it's, it's to, Paul talks in Philippians chapter 2, of have this same attitude as Jesus. It's in Philippians chapter two. In other words, he was saying this, have the mind of Jesus, who considered quality with God nothing to be hold on to, but made himself lower and even gave himself up and became a servant even to death. And so Paul says, have the same mind or attitude of Jesus. And so there's this learning from Jesus to have the mind of Jesus to instruction. And so there's a personal aspect, and it's the apostles' teaching, the early Christians, those early believers, when Jesus was taken to be with the Father, they learned from the apostles about Jesus, what Jesus said, how to live Jesus, how to be Jesus, how how to have the mind of Christ, how to be like Jesus. It's in the Apostles' teachings in the New Testament, and as we read and lay hold of the New Testament, relying on the person of the Holy Spirit to bring to life and to breathe life, supernatural life, into our hearts and minds, that we begin to receive the mind of Christ and learn from Christ. And as we then also pray over that which we're reading, relying on the supernatural nature of the Holy Spirit within us and speaking to us, as we then converse, have conversational prayer, talking and hearing Jesus and laying hold of the New Testament, the Apostles' teaching, what is this saying to me? What does this mean in my life? What are you saying, Holy Spirit? Bring this to life to me, Holy Spirit. Let my mind be like the mind of Christ in my own life, in my own moments. But that's something we come again and again. But that's personal, but then also publicly, as we gather corporately, and there's this idea of ecclesia, assembling and assembling. The early believers assembled with one another and so that they could also lay hold of the apostles' teaching together. And that, that is shared. And then they, they, they broke down into even smaller groups so they could then learn from one another. And um, iron sharpening iron, accountable to each other, encouraged by each other, stirred by each other. And this is how we learn to learn from the person and heart of Christ through the apostles' teaching in the power of the Holy Spirit, encouraging one another. And so there's this sense of instruction. And that leads us finally to incarnation. There's this aspect where we're to be like Jesus. If we're to learn from him, to, to follow him, to choose to come after him as he chooses us, to then follow him, imitate him, to begin to learn to be like him, instruction and receiving it from the Holy Spirit as we read the word of God, encouraged by one another and those that speak into our hearts and lives is that then we become like him. And this is the goal and aim, is that we have Christ-likeness. You know, this is the call to become a new person. 
This is what we're new in new Christ, born again, new believers, uh, filled with the person of Christ. And so you and I are called to become like Christ, to be new, renewed, uh, to be filled with the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, Christ in us. Paul the Apostle writing in the New Testament says again again that we are in Christ and the Holy Spirit is with us and in us and brings Christ in us and with us and that therefore we're included in Christ. You know this is why there's this understanding where Jesus says you must be born again in John's Gospel, born of the Spirit, born from above, born through the forgiveness of God himself so that we're new people, renewed, born again. And this is how we can bless those that curse us. You know, Jesus taught some amazing things and we think, well, how could we ever do that? How can you turn the other cheek? How can if somebody takes your cloak, you give them, you give them it uh, and you give them again? How can you encourage those and bless those that actually curse you? These are challenging things that Jesus said is, as we become a new person, we begin to incarnate and become like Christ. Christ formed in us. It's called being Christ like Christ likeness you know um, a man called Mahatma Gandhi he was uh, a young man in South Africa and um, from Indian descent and parents and uh, he came across a lot of Christians in that part of the world where he was brought up and uh, he was impressed by the teachings of Jesus in his very young life really impressed in later life that led him to um, non-violent protest and a lot of other things but um, he said this, he said, I like your, he's speaking to Christians of the day and in his area, I like your Christ, I do not like, do not like your Christians, your Christians are so unlike Christ. Stop Mahatma Gandhi becoming a Christian. He looked at the people that professed to be Christians in the area, the area that he lived and at the time that he lived, he said, and, and I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Your, your Christians are so unlike Christ. You know, we're called to incarnate, to be like Christ. You know, Jesus said this. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's in John chapter 15, verse 5. That's quite a well-known verse. Abide in the vine. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. In other words, you'll be Christ-like. We'll, be, we'll, have, we'll achieve a, a sense of Christ-likeness. He'll be formed within us and uh, we become more and more like him, transformed by his glory. You know, at today, uh, as we conclude, you know, the, uh, the motto of the SAS is who dares wins. Um, let's dare to be disciples. Let's dare to be disciples of Jesus as we respond to his call to follow him, to learn from him and to be like him through the power of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of the Father. God bless you and thank you uh, for joining us today. And our prayer is that you may know the power of Jesus Christ in your life through the Holy Spirit and that you might be empowered to follow him as a disciple.